Hey, this is Tom Kiefer from Cinderella, and you are listening to Iron City Rock. Welcome to the Iron City Rocks Podcast, episode 51. I'm your host, John. The Iron City Rocks Podcast is a podcast devoted to promoting Pittsburgh's rock, hard rock, and heavy metal music scene. Leading off the show today, you heard a little bit of Shake Me from Cinderella from the Night Songs album. Cinderella will be rolling into town on July 5th as part of the Scorpions Farewell Tour. They will be opening the show for the Scorpions at the Trib Total Media Amphitheater. We had the opportunity recently to speak to Tom about his career, his solo work, uh, some of his production work that he's done post-Cinderella, kind of what Cinderella's plans are for the future. So we're going to play a couple little snippets of uh, some Cinderella songs to get you in that frame of mind. The first song you're going to hear is Gypsy Road, taken from the Long Cold Winter album, followed by their uh, smash uh, power ballad from the same album, Don't Know What You Got Till It's Gone, and we'll talk to Tom. gentlemen, it's a great honor to welcome to the show from Cinderella, Tom Kiefer. How are you doing today, Tom? Good, man. How are you doing? I'm doing great, Dob. We wanted to touch base with you guys. You're going to be coming into town on July 5th, opening up with Scorpions on what should be a really great night of uh, live music. The final time to get Scorpions here in Pittsburgh and another opportunity to see Cinderella. So we wanted to see how things are going in your camp and what's going on with the band. Um, you... Uh, you guys started out in Philadelphia, which I think is pretty well known. You're now in Nashville, am I correct? Yeah, I've been in Nashville for about 14 years. I moved down here in '97. I've okay. been writing and working with some people down here, so I moved down here for the you know the music community here is great. So, been yeah, um, obvious, obvious question: um, Is everybody in your camp safe from the flooding? Or is every everybody kind of accounted for? And yes, yeah, everything's yeah. Wonderful. Um, you guys started out, um, obviously, in the mid-'80s uh, with Night Songs, which was uh, a huge hit, triple platinum, uh, top 20 album. Um, and, and in that album, I always thought you guys kind of sounded like uh, sort of a Janis Joplin meets ACDC. Um, and then you guys really shifted gears, I think, and really, I think, found your niche uh, on the Long Cold Winter album, which uh, equally is successful. 
Was there something that kind of prompted that shift, or was that just a little bit truer to who you guys were? I think it's truer to who we were. Um, you know, when you go into the studio to record for the first time, you know, we had done demos before, but we'd never worked with a producer. You know, we we were pretty green. So it's a uh, it's a real process in the studio trying to capture who you are. You know, you, you can you can lose yourself in there so fast. So um, I think that the uh, first record was in the general direction of, of, you know, who we were, but I think that there was a lot more to the band as far as instrumentation and different colors and stuff that we added in the production and the writing as, as the band moved on. So um, it was definitely a learning experience. Yeah, and you were uh, kind of unique in that era in that your sophomore album probably, I think probably better. In some respects, I know it sold pretty similar numbers to the first album, which you know, a lot of bands, you know, you hear the adage, you spend your whole life writing your first album and you get a year to make your second. You guys really seem to exceed the first album, which was wonderful. Were a lot of those songs kind of in the bag before you did the first album, or was it starting from no, scratch? No, the, the Long Cold Winter was written on the tour, on the Night Songs tour. Okay. I used to lock myself in my hotel room with a Porta studio, and I just was kind of thinking about the next record, even when we were out on the road, because I knew it was coming. So. Sure, so you wanted to be prepared. Yeah. Um, when you went in and made um, Heartbreak Station, um, obviously, the musical climate had changed to some degree, but you guys still managed to pull out another platinum album. Um, without, I think, even maybe a bluesier album, you know, you've got some elements of R&B and soul, and, and I think a much more colorful record. Is that just kind of what you were shooting for, or is it, again, just I, I, more... I think, again, I think that that was probably truer to who we were to start with. I mean, I know that... My influences as a, as a writer and a singer and a player were more stuff from the 60s and the 70s. I grew up in the 70s, and um, I really loved the Stones, probably my number one band, and uh, Janis Joplin and Aerosmith and Bad Company, Skinner, the Eagles. I mean, so many great bands, you know, that I listened to coming up in the 70s, and, you know, it, it probably, um, I think, really... That record, to me, that's my favorite record. Um, it's probably the the rawest and the truest from a recording standpoint. There's not a lot of reverb and stuff. It's not real slick. And I think sure. with each record, we learned more and more what we liked and what we didn't like. And I think by the time we got to that record, I, I realized that reverb really pissed me off. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't, I didn't know. <laughs> you know, I don't think I was quite sure what it was about those first couple records that I didn't like, but there was something... And it was coming up the two channels labeled reverb. So um, we really, you know, that record was intentionally really dried up, and we tried to keep it rawer and more in your face and more of that classic sound like the bands that we'd grown up with. So, um, again, it was a kind of a learning and discovering as you go along because the studio is, there's a lot of different roads and buttons and gadgets that you can play with and get lost in, and producers certainly do and engineers do too. And, you have to learn who you are as an artist and, and also learn how to steer the engineers and the producers that you're working with in the direction of your vision. So, it, you know, it took us a few records, I think, to really figure that out. But I, I really think Heartbreak Station, it's my favorite record from a production standpoint, for sure. Was was the record, you know, obviously Mercury was, was a lot like any other record label in that era, and just trying to, obviously, they're a business 
did you get a lot of pressure from the label, especially kind of in that dramatic shift between Night Songs and Long Cold Winter? Was there some backlash from the label, or were they kind of buying into the direction? No, the, the lab- labels don't give you any shit or backlash until your record sales drop. <laughs> so uh, Long Cold Winter did really, really well, and they were, you know, they were all into it going in and they were all into it coming out because it had done what the first had done and maybe a little more. I don't know what the sales are at now. And it was pretty much the same thing going into Heartbreak Station. You know, they um, they loved the songs and Shelter Me came out of the box. It was our highest charting um, rock single off of uh, any of the records. Right. And really did well and the record exploded and then for some reason it just stalled and and that's when, you know, the record company started giving us a hard time. But man, they were all gun ho they thought it was the greatest record we ever made until, you know, until it sold less than the first two. But you know, it still did, you know, a million and a half it's probably close to two million by this point. I mean it still was very successful, but you know, and if you were to put out they have a tendency to be more like bean counters, you know, it's like they want it exactly the same every time or better. So, well, if you told them you could write a million and a half selling album now, I'm sure they would uh, roll at the red carpet. Yeah, but yeah, they'd be happy to re-release that record. <laughs> I have to say, for me, when it came out, I remember the video, and I, I, re- I remember it. I was maybe not as big a fan of that song, but I was so in love with Long Cold Winter. And then you kind of entered the saxophone, but I had the opportunity to see you guys do that song live. Um, when you were on tour with Poison and Winger, I believe, you were out in uh, the Hard Rock in Vegas. You did that song live, and it instantly became probably my favorite song in the set. Which I, song? I, I, Shelter Me. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You really, uh, I don't know why, but vibe it really jumped off the page. I, I felt a very uh, different appreciation for that song. Now, you, um, your style, obviously, I can, I feel Janis Joplin a lot in the way you sing, and there's some, I think, parallels even Brian Johnson. But how did how did you kind of develop into that sort of voice? I mean, because that's got to take a toll on the pipe. Um, probably my first influence for that high kind of falsetto or a head voice screaming thing was Robert Plant. And uh, I would say also back in high school, you know, Nazareth. Oh. And, and Janis Joplin, obviously, I, I, I really... Um, really like loved her as a singer and uh so yeah i mean there there were there were quite a few that were that style and then i guess my lower ranger range was influenced again by robert plant but also mick jagger because he's you know he sings more in that lower chest voice all the time and um plant did that too plant kind of had that two different sounds to his voice kind of like what i have with the so he was probably the first you know thing that really influenced me to to go up there and see if I could do that. You know, I was like in high school, you know. Yeah, I could see you you pretty uh, admirable job of uh, the Immigrant Song or something like that with that. Yeah. Uh, but I also sang a lot of Rush, too. I mean, Getty Lee, like, um, was it, you know, he sang up in that high screaming thing, too. I, I, you sang a lot of that stuff when I was in, playing in club bands and um, also ACDC, too. And so there, there was, it came from a lot of different places. Now, now, one of the things that I kind of a milestone in your career, you guys had the opportunity to go over as part of the Moscow Music Beat Festival. What was that that experience like? I mean, you got a pretty, you know, relatively popular, but you're going over there with heavyweights, Ozzy and Motley and bands like that. I mean, what, what was that experience like going to Moscow, especially at the time? 
Oh, man, it was just, it, it, it was wild, you know. We all went over on the same plane. We had a, a private charter for all the bands, and it was just, a, it was a great time. It was, it was pretty surreal because, you know, it was still, you know, pretty different over there, you know, uh, just socially and politically and all, you know, it was, it was still pretty uh, different, shall we say, than, than what we're accustomed to over here. Um but the um, the thing that was so cool about it was that you know you, you hear about you know how the the people in in Russia would get the records through the black market you know even though they weren't allowed to have weren't allowed to have certain things you know anywhere from jeans to rock and roll to you know and it was so wild to step up on stage and you know there'd be you know a hundred thousand people or whatever it was there in, in the stadium and they know your songs. Yeah, and uh, it you know, and then they're they're coming up to you at the hotel with they have the records that they got through the black market and stuff that had come across the border and all. And it was just it was really cool to see, you know, that music can kind of cross any border. You know, if people uh, people Absolutely. want it, they get it. You know, <laughs> so that that was a a great a great experience. You know. Yeah. Now, kind of fast forward um, to. The more recent times, I know you did some production work with uh, Bo Rice. And you've done a little bit of collaboration with the guys and Leonard Skinner, um, and it's kind of long been anticipated a solo album from from yourself. Uh, what kind of what what do you have going on on a day to day basis now, other than obviously preparing for the tour? Um, I've been working in the studio a bunch. I'm finishing up before the tour starts. Uh, I'm trying to get this record finished that I've been working on for like five years I guess now um, I've you know redone it remixed it re-edited it rewrote it wrote some more so I've just been working on it forever and uh, I really like where it's at now and uh, actually getting ready to master the record up in New York in June uh, on one of our days off on the, on the tour and um so that that keeps me busy. The vocal rehab stuff does, you know. That's constant maintenance every day. I spend a couple hours doing that, and I'm just getting ready for the tour. Um, a lot of business stuff, you know, to take care of, and all talking to managers and agents and stuff, and just trying to get the tour off the ground. So, um, a couple different, track. couple different hats being worn throughout the day, and the 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 father and husband, you know, family. Hat too is a big part of it here at the Absolutely. Kiefer House. So, um, uh, so yeah, what, pretty, pretty busy day. <laughs> the record that you're making now is it a departure from Cinderella sound wise? Um, I mean, kind of, yeah, because you know I was wrote a, a good part of the a good bit of the songs in, in Cinderella, and I did a lot of the guitar work, and I was a singer, so. Um, you know, there's a lot of that coming through on my record, obviously. So it's um, it's uh, it's very much like the Long Cold Winter or Heartbreak Station in the sense that there's a lot of dynamics. Um, there's songs that are acoustic. There's stuff that's really hard and driving. There's ballads, uh, mid tempos, up tempo. You know, it, it's got that um, kind of journey to it. You know, where it's just not the same thing through the whole record. It it takes you up and down dynamically so um i always like records like that so try to make the records see, interesting do you see a day where cinderella would go back in the studio as a four-piece unit and uh, I'm, I'm i'm sure that we that we 
could someday. I mean, we've talked about it. It's not anything that's in the near future. Right now, you know, it's been four years since we've been on the road and just been a band because of my voice problems. And I think everybody, including myself, is happy that my voice is real strong again. And we're going to go out on the road and just take it from there, you know, and have a good time and not put any pressure on ourselves. And I want to really settle back into my voice and playing with the band and before we think about any anything like that. Just uh, one last question. I always wondered is, is a fan that remember seeing you um, on the Long Cold Winter uh, tour. Your collection of guitars, is it, how enormous is it or was it? I know you seem to be the guy who had all the really cool vintage guitars back in that era. Is, that, is it thrown since then or have you kind of consolidated? Um, I've consolidated some. You know, I got you know a tendency to turn one toy into another toy. I I, I had uh, sold a bunch of guitars when I moved to Nashville to build a studio um, back in '97. So bought a lot of gear, big mixing desk, and built a room. Um, cost you know a fair amount of money, so I, I kind of turned some guitars into that. But I, I've still got you know I've still got the '59 Paul and couple of old tellies and uh, the double neck and dobros i still have you know all the kind of mainstays that, that yeah. i use um and my vintage amps and stuff you know but i i had a lot of stuff that you know i just i don't mean to sound like spinal tap but just never even came out of the case you know it was like the collection was you know out of hand so it was kind of better oh. served using it to uh build a studio which i've i've been able to create some a lot of music in over the last ten years here, so it was a it was a good good choice to make. For guitars, you don't have time to play. Exactly. All right, Tom. Tom, I want to thank you for taking the time out of your hectic schedule to come on the show. We will look forward to seeing you July fifth at the uh, Trip Total Media Amphitheater. You're going to be coming in over Scorpions again. So uh, I want to thank you and uh, appreciate your time. All right, thanks a lot, man. One last day, Scorpions. 8 p.m. July 5th. Trip Total Media Amphitheater at Station Square. Scorpions. Get your sting in Blackout Farewell World Tour with very special guest Cinderella. Reserve seats are on sale now at Ticketmaster.com, all Ticketmaster outlets, or by phone. For VIP ticket packages and more, visit TheDiscorpions.com. That was Shelter Me, taken from the Heartbreak Station album from Cinderella. That actually was not Cinderella's last studio album. There was an album that to follow that in, uh, I believe it was 1993 or 1994, called Still Climbing. I believe that album is now out of print. A little bit hard to find, so um, it'd be interesting to check that out as well. There are several live Cinderella albums available now, so uh, you can get a real flair for what they're going to be. Again, to remind you, it's July 5th. The Trip Total Media Amphitheater Cinderella will be opening the show, followed by the Scorpions, who are on their Get Your Sting and Blackout tour, which is what they're calling their uh, swan song, a rather exhaustive world tour. 
uh, taking them through almost every continent, I believe. And then they'll be riding off into the sunset. So promises to be a, a great night of uh, melodic hard rock music. Uh, you can get your tickets at Ticketmaster.com if you'd like more information on uh, Cinderella. You can visit our website at www.ironcityrocks.com or you can go to Cinderella.net, which is their website. If you go to ironcityrocks.com, you can find links to our MySpace, Twitter, and Facebook pages. We invite you to follow or friend us where appropriate, and we uh, thank you for listening, and we hope you enjoy the show. Before we go, we're going to play a little bit of uh, probably one of their bigger songs, Nobody's Fool, taken from the Night Songs album. Thank you. Thank you. 